We're back in the booth. It's week 15 of the Brotherly Sports Podcast presented by the Fans Place. I'm Sam Wexler alongside the brothers themselves, Rory and Connor Billing. Guys, good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, good to see you, Sam. Not as good to see Connor. I see him way too frequently. But a little bit of a rivalry brewing again? <laughs> Always. Well, we've got plenty to talk about now that we're in the middle of the basketball season and the Premier League is in full swing and everything seems to be going on now. So let's go right into the hot and cold performances of the week. Touch the handle. If it's hot, there could be a fire in the hallway. Ah, my hand, that's hot. This was hot too. What does warm mean? Connor, who'd you have? I actually had, I wasn't even in the NFL, it's in the NFL off season, but obviously making waves this week was Dak Prescott getting his 40 million a year contract over the next four years with I forget exactly what the guaranteed was, but it's a large amount of guaranteed money out of that 160 million. I think it's pretty cool to see see Dak getting that respect. To, to be fair, I don't think he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the in the NFL as his contract puts him. I think it's the second highest paid behind Mahomes, um, but he could take these next four years. He's in last year before that brutal injury, he was showing signs of being really really good. He's always had a good offensive line and a good supporting cast, so. This Dak, this, contract, this Dak contract seems a lot like the Kirk Cousins deal to yeah. me because it's a somewhat proven quarterback on a roster that has some tools but doesn't quite have everything they need. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're just trying to throw money to at the quarterbacks to hold down that spot until they can figure something out. Yeah, I think Dak is – he's a little bit more dynamic than Cousins with the running ability. I think I saw – He's one of the few quarterbacks to have 100 passing touchdowns and 25 rushing touchdowns in his first five seasons. But it'll be interesting to see as he comes back from that ankle injury what how mobile he is in the pocket and outside the pocket. But it was fun to see him get get that ink on a contract. So now he can stop worrying about that and just go out and play. So it'll be fun to watch. Rory, what about you, hot and cold? Let's see. I was going to highlight a few spring training performances um, since baseball is almost – officially back we've got joey gallo with five home runs and seven spring training games jock peterson the same as we all know spring training stats do not matter but every once in a while you do see a guy get real hot over spring and then carry it into the season um certainly not not a bad thing when you're hitting five home runs in seven games in spring training so um you know joey gallo is a guy that um looked really good to begin 2019 ran into some injury issues didn't finish up the year all that well 2020 was kind of iffy so he's an interesting name to watch for the upcoming season um and then prospect highlight bobby witt jr two home runs for the royals already this spring training there's just a tiny bit of buzz that they might break camp with him on their major league roster that seems extremely unlikely given uh the state of service time in in major league baseball but that would be a pretty nuts for him he was drafted he was in the 2019 draft so that would be a quick path to the bigs for a guy who who many believe is one of the top you know 10 or 20 prospects in the game but but fun they've been exciting to watch and i can definitely uh see your point that spring training stats don't matter but i would argue that the one or two stats that do matter are how hard and how far you hit home runs do you see the Giancarlo stanton home run where he hit it 450 feet i i have not seen the video but it doesn't it doesn't surprise me i i would love to see him have a 
as much as I'm not a huge Yankees fan or will ever be, I that's a guy I'm rooting for. I mean, he's had some some real rough injury uh, It'd issues. It'd be great to see him play more than 35 games in a calendar year. It would. And truthfully, obviously, when he hits the ball, it goes very, very far. Um, so it, it's fun. it is fun to watch him hit home runs. I, I would love to see him and Judge get a back-to-back 500-footer in there at some point. That would be pretty incredible. It'll happen. It might. It might. All right, what we liked and hated. Music, sweet music. Uh, for me, I like seeing Michigan State upset the Wolverines of Ann Arbor in the last game of the regular season just to mess with them and throw another wrench into the NCAA standings and rankings. Uh, this year has just been all over the place. Connor, I know you can – attest to this you've watched a decent amount it seems like the ball has been bouncing every which way and it's a revolving door at the top I think a revolving door outside of Gonzaga and Baylor like those have been the two but even Baylor to be fair they had what three weeks off in the middle of the season with COVID and when they came back they looked a little rusty and they haven't been quite themselves since but Gonzaga has I don't think they've had a a single digit win since West Virginia early in the year. They were down to BYU in the championship a couple of days ago and they came back and still beat them by 10 or 11 points. So their, their average margin of victory is something like 15 or 16 points for the year, which is crazy. And it's not like they're playing their out of conference schedule is always tough. They play hard out of conference teams. So it's outside of those two teams you've seen, it has been an absolute revolving door really between the big 12 and the big 10. It looks like that's flipped a little bit this year, which kind of brings me to my hated of this week. The fact that Duke has to pull out of the ACC tournament and their season is over because of one COVID test. They're saying it's a tier one personnel, not saying if it's a player or someone on the staff, which I'm not a big Duke fan in general. I think Krzyzewski does a great job. It's more you feel for those kids who they missed out on March Madness last year when Duke was a lock and then they get, have to pull out of the ACC tournament out of winning two games. And we're going into a showdown in Florida state where if they had made a long run, maybe there's a chance of making the March madness tournament. So it's a rough way. If you're a junior last year for Duke, and this is your senior year and both those postseasons get wiped out. It's that's pretty unfortunate. Yeah. Imagine spending the first two years of your college basketball career sitting behind Zion and the rest of those guys at juggernauts. And then mm-hmm. your junior year and senior year, you just get COVID a really tough situation for those kids for sure. Rory, what did you have for liked and hated? Yeah, I unfortunately, I know we're going to get into a college basketball segment here in a second. I unfortunately have not watched a lot of college basketball this year. It's a, it's a Bearcats down year. And I feel like when the Bearcats are a little bit down, my interest in college basketball certainly decreases a little bit as Connor's wearing his Cincinnati t-shirt here. I know they open up play in the American conference tournament here in a day. So barring some sort of miracle, they will not be dancing. Continuing my little theme of baseball here as my cat tries to get into the the podcast. Um, I was going to talk a little bit about the Fernando Tatis extension. Um, not super recent, but relatively recent. Uh, 14 years, 340 million. If you factor in the years of service or years under team control that he still has left, it's really a 10-year, $290 million extension to his years of, of, of team control, which at $29 million a year, if he continues to play over the next five years, the way that he's playing now will be a steal for the Padres. On the other hand, anything can happen in four or five years. Obviously nothing's guaranteed. 
He's been injured a little bit already early in his career. He's played at an extremely high level when he hasn't been injured. I think it's a win all the way around. I think the Padres, um, I, I love when, when teams that aren't, you know, the, the two or three biggest market teams in the world go and spend money on their young players and lock them up. I think that's, that's a good thing for the game. It's good to see guys stick with a team for almost their entire career, um, especially someone like Tatis Jr. So I was just, I was excited for the sport of baseball to, to see that happen. He'll be a cornerstone in San Diego for quite a long time. Um, and it seems like one of those deals that could, you know, very rarely do you get a huge deal that actually works out on both sides. And I'm somewhat optimistic that this could be one of those deals. I want to pose this question. Is Fernando Tatis Jr. the next Derek Jeter staying on one team the entire time, a standout guy in arguably a big market, San Diego, LA, Southern California, and playing with a flashy style. You know, when Derek Jeter was young, he was diving into the crowd and getting black eyes from fighting fans for the ball. Do you think Tatis is the next Derek Jeter? I think Jeter is that that clutch gene, which we haven't seen Tatis yet. It would be awesome to see. I mean, saw the rankings come out that San, uh, some writers think San Diego has a better rotation than the Dodgers this year with some of their pickups, depending on how they pitch. So love to see Tatis get into the postseason and get in some of those clutch moments. Performing the regular season is great, but what Jeter did after the regular season, the postseason is – is pretty insane. So I think from a, a skill level skill set can be the, the figurehead of the Padres. Sure. Can you take it to the next level and, and help them win championships that remains to be seen. Yeah, I would agree. I, I do think it's all about the playoffs uh, for Tatis, given that San Diego is a big market, but it is not New York and it's not the Yankees, which is, you know, the most storied franchise in the history of baseball. So for Tatis to ascend to Jeter-like levels, he's going to have to win, I would say, at least three World Series, I would think, and be a big part of each of those World Series. That's fair. That's definitely fair. All right, Connor, you and I moving on to college basketball. In the Big Ten, has any team really sparked your interest or caught your eye? I would have to say, obviously, Michigan has been has looked good all year, which has been been fun to watch. And we could get at a Michigan Ohio State rivalry on the hard court outside of the gridiron in a in a Big Ten tournament, as well as in the, in March Madness coming coming down the path here. Honestly, Ohio State was way off my radar at the beginning of the year in terms of being good and having a good college team. They've really brought it forward, but I think Michigan is really the team to beat there. I know Illinois is ranked higher than they are. I just think Michigan's a little bit better coach and is a little bit better skill. Um, so I would, I would post them as, as the team to come out of the big 10 to watch out for the most once we get into the, the March madness, but the big 10, it's been a fun conference to watch this year. It's been a lot of skill, talented teams. Um, so we'll see what happens. And between the time we started recording and this moment right now, Indiana has already blown a 10-point lead to Rutgers and is trailing in the second half. It uh, looks like whoever pulls out of that disaster will get run over by Illinois, which is fine. In the ACC, we already talked about Duke getting canceled because of COVID. UVA barely got away with a win to beat Syracuse. And then the Big East and Big 12 look to be competitive. It's, I think it's certainly going to be an open field. It's just that question is who can beat Gonzaga? I think Gonzaga is – they're going to be the number one overall seed. 
Baylor is good. I think Gonzaga is still a step above Baylor. So these conference tournaments will help prime these teams. If you're going to be fair, we was Wichita State a couple years ago that was going undefeated and then they lost in the Sweet 16 or the round of 32. I don't think Gonzaga is just a much better team than Wichita State was that year. So we might be looking at a, a Gonzaga Baylor final in March Madness this year, but these even someone like an Oklahoma state, what Cunningham's doing there. And as a, as a sophomore, I think, or a freshman it might be a freshman you know, already the points he's pouring up a team like that, that can score or West Virginia that has their unique style of play. They're the team that Gonzaga only beat by five or six earlier this year. So there definitely could be ways for, for teams to come at it, but, but we'll see. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch for sure. I think it'll be an upset riddled, bracket this year both in these conference tournaments this week and then in the in March Madness yeah I think we've said everything that can be said up to this point with so much still left to play for and so many teams still trying to get in but looking at the teams that already have punched their ticket Liberty in the A-Sun Winthrop in the Big South Drexel in the Colonial Cleveland State in the Horizon Loyola Chicago back in there Moorhead State a really popular team got in for the Ohio Valley and Appalachian state back in the dance. Do any of those teams jump out right off the page other than I, mean, I was, was going to say, obviously loyal Chicago does given their run a couple years ago and they were actually ranked in the top 25 earlier this year. I think they started out going 19 and two or something like that, or had only lost one or two games. So they got into the 20 and the top 25. So they're not going to surprise anyone anymore people are going to see them and see that they're a final four team a while back um just a few years back so that won't be a surprise to be fair Appalachian State is just a fun one to watch because of people know their football team too so if their basketball team starts picking up some notoriety as well as a smaller school be they'll be fun to watch over the next few years I will say the only thing that I will add to this segment is that I will like any good sports fan be filling out multiple brackets and I feel more confident in my um, I feel more confident in my bracket performance this year, having watched less college basketball than I have in probably a decade than I have any other year. That seems to be how sure, it works. Sure, 100%. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I'm, you know, what's the over under on paper brackets? Do you go five or less? Ooh, good question. Because anybody can be... do 10 to 12 on three different apps on their phone or computer. Yeah. How about paper? I'll be, I'll be less something than that on paper. I'll probably, I'll probably be relatively opportunistic about my brackets this year, given everything we've got going on with launching the fans place and some other things, but um, definitely looking forward to, to winning a few with no knowledge going into it whatsoever. A couple lucky wins in the early rounds. All right, yeah. moving on to a segment that Rory does want to contribute in is the soccer or world football segment, English Premier League. I do. Uh, my uh, boys in blue have gone through a pretty amazing revival under uh, Thomas Tuchel um, recently, as many of our frequent listeners might be aware. Super Frank was cast out of Stamford Bridge a few months ago. Um, and 
there was a quick search for a new manager. Tuchel has come in and really has looked the part. He's gotten a lot better performances out of the the, the German signings um, from the summer. Timo Werner and Kai Havertz. They've been they've been pretty impressive. Chelsea look like a team that should knock on wood secure a top four finish this year. Where two or three months ago that certainly didn't look like it was going to happen. One of the reasons for that, on the flip side, Liverpool have just gone through a, a pretty stunning collapse. They've lost all seven of their last matches, no draws lost all seven of their last matches, uh, except for um, just, just the other, or I think it was yesterday they beat uh, Leipzig in the champions league to, to go through to the round of eight. Interestingly, Liverpool are having a, a heck of a challenge in the premiership where teams play very solid defense and will just park the bus if they get a lead or they know with Liverpool, they have to try to park the bus and then score a quick one on the counter. In, in European football, it's so much more open that Liverpool might still have a chance to win the Champions League despite how poorly they're playing. United uh, beat City 2-0 the other day, which I thought was um, a pretty stunning result. City looked like the clear favorites to win the Premiership this year. But United are having a little bit of a revival of their own. It's probably the best United squad we've seen in, in a few years um, in terms of the way that they're playing together and stringing together pretty decent results. They're playing very well against the top six. That, that City win was probably their best win all year, certainly their best win all year. So it's going to be an interesting end of the season. It's been a weird season, just like any other sport this year. Um, but uh, the Premiership, I don't think, will be close at the top. But the Champions League still appears to be completely wide open. So that'll be something to watch. And before we switch over to final thoughts, Arsenal legitimately fighting for relegation. They're halfway down the table. You know, they haven't looked as sharp as they always do. No, they haven't. That's been, I don't honestly even know what's going on with the Gunners recently. I, that's just a weird team. I, they, they don't seem to have an identity. Um, they haven't really had a manager who sort of grabbed the bull by the horns and, and put the right um squad together um they've sort of they've sort of been off the map for a little while i mean they're certainly not close to losing big six status i wouldn't say that but they certainly have not looked like one of the big six in in, in quite a while yeah and they're standing closer to the bottom six than the top six as the table sits right now all right moving on to one last thought rory all right you sad sacks last call you have something in all caps i do baseball that's all I have to say. Baseball is almost back. April 1st is opening day. Um, excited as a huge baseball fan. Also excited um, from a business perspective with the fans place running some contests for opening day. Um, but I just love the day to day. Every day you wake up, you look at the box score, something happened. Um, it's going to be a, going to be a good season. There'll be fans in the stands and a lot of ballparks, hopefully more and more fans as more and more people get vaccinated. Um, I think we're, we might see a little bit more of a return to normalcy in the baseball season last year, certainly, or this year, certainly than we had last year. So super excited for that. I think the Rangers just came out and said they're allowing hundred percent capacity at the beginning of the year. You have to wear masks, but obviously with the Texas governor opening up the whole state, doesn't surprise anyone that that's coming. I think with the vaccine rollout, hopefully all U S adults being able to get it by the end of May, could start seeing a lot more seats, butts and seats and then will be stadiums come at least second half of the year after the all-star break heading into the postseason, which could be great as the players start getting into the grind of that 162 game season. It'll be a, definitely an uplifting moment to get more and more fans in the, in the stadiums that they didn't have a chance to last year. It's remarkable that the uh, NFL just played right through the Rona. Didn't miss a beat. 
No, the NFL almost felt like an MLB season this past year because there were games on so many days of the week. It's like there's always an NFL game being played, which was actually kind of fun. So Wednesday surprise, at three thirty, Ravens. Wednesday, yeah, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me if the NFL just tries to do some creative stuff with their schedule in the future. And my last thought was that the NHL season has been really exciting. The North Division and All Canada Division has been especially interesting. Toronto Maple Leafs are running away with it. They're running over everybody. My favorite team, the Capitals, are doing pretty well, but our best tough guy, our big man, Tom Wilson, just got a seven-game suspension for allegedly running into somebody and sending him to the hospital. That's neither here nor there. Good games all around, a lot of exciting action, some highlights. Anything else you guys want to add? No, I think my final thought was just March Madness happening in the Indiana bubble, which almost makes me wish I was still living in Indianapolis. So that would be pretty cool to see see that come back but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and if fans are allowed in some of those games and how that's going to work but it's coming around the corner it's only a week or two away until until that happens after having the selection sunday ripped from our arms last year it feels like it's just going to be christmas morning when greg gumble <laughs> pops up on your tv and you hear the theme music and i feel like everybody's just going to be sitting at their television watching it like you know cartoons at 6 a.m. when you're a little kid the world's largest ncaa bracket on the side of the jw marriott will actually be be, be put to good use this year i'm gonna have to drive and see that i'll take some pictures <laughs> all right that's been week 15 of the brotherly sports podcast thank you to rory and connor and you guys have any news you want to share about the fans place sure yeah we're gonna be launching for april 1st for opening day we'll have baseball in the app we're gonna have the premiership in the app as well so for that first weekend i think it's april 3rd and 4th first weekend of games there'll be contests available we've pivoted to actually allow businesses to be able to create their own contests within the app as a rewards platform um, so be sure to support the businesses that have contests in the app if you buy food from them you'll be able to enter into those contests and win prizes so um, looking forward to, to growing our, our user base over time and um, certainly check out our website. If you have any questions, check out the website at the go download the app on the app store and the Google play store. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>